This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Friends, family, loved ones. (laughs) Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. I am so happy you're here. And I do have to admit, this is my first episode that I'm recording with my Spark aligners, aka they're kind of like Invisalign, but but better. Um, It's my first episode that I'm recording with them in. I'm just going to see. I'm going to see how it is. If my voice sounds overly different to you, let me know if it's to the point of just being kind of annoying and maybe I'm lisping a little bit more than you'd like. Hey, let me know because this is incredibly important to me. I want the sound quality to be really good for you all. That way, that way you don't, uh, I don't know, just you stop tuning in. All right. I want you to be here every week because I love you. All right. Today, episode 74, holy hell, we're approaching 75. I can't believe it. Thank you all for being here with me for a little over a year now with this podcast. It is a labor of love for me every week when I record and when I batch record some episodes together. And I can't tell you how much it means for you to tune in. So if this episode was helpful for you, please do like it, share it on social media, subscribe if you haven't already, and give me a five-star rating if you love it. Um, Today's episode is a topic that is near and dear to me. And I know it all too well. I know what this is like. And it's it's talking about overtraining. And overtraining doesn't just happen to the Michael Phelps of the world and and to the pro racers, you know, Richie Rude. It doesn't just happen to the professional racers that are out there. Okay, Courtney. I mean, I can keep naming, naming, naming. Overtraining happens most often, I find, with our everyday weekend warriors like me and like you. And I want everyone to be aware of this because I think it's incredibly important just to have the awareness built around what overtraining looks like, feels like, and what you can do to identify it. And then also what you can do to prevent it from happening and also what you can do going forward, you know, and and just helping you not overtrain or overreach in an inadequate way. Okay. So Today's topic will will likely resonate with you if you are a go-getter or maybe you have a type A personality, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, or if you have a tendency to consider yourself a hard worker or have difficulty staying still and maybe feel like you always need to be doing something or moving. <laughs> now, all of, the, all of these traits can be applied to workouts and to your training in general as a very intense focus on your training. Because, you know, sometimes we can get a little obsessed with things. And sometimes when we're obsessed and we're a go-getter and we're a hard worker and we take uh, pride, I, I, sometimes I don't like to use that word pride, but it's in a positive, a positive aspect with this conversation here. But if we take pride in our work and our ability to really push ourselves, then chances are, you know, it, you might be applying that same intensity to your training and that can sometimes have a little bit of a negative kickback. All right. And 
I just, I'm not saying do less, but I am. (laughs) Maybe at the end of this episode, you'll realize that maybe you do need to do less and just a little bit less. And you're not necessarily going to see a negative outcome with your performance by doing a little bit less. So that's something I would love to just bring awareness to. All right. Now, Sometimes having that intense personality, type A personality, a go-getter, hardworking type of personality, sometimes that can often have you feel like you shouldn't neglect your training or you cannot skip a day of training at all or that you might have so few rest days. And maybe this is because of a fear of losing progress, of maybe not winning your next race or podiuming or gaining body fat, or maybe not getting to your goals as quickly. Whatever it is for you, hey, that's your feeling, and that is a valid feeling because that's how you feel. But also, if you you do find that you're constantly experiencing a joint pain that isn't necessarily caused by like a joint abnormality or, or arthritis, for example, or maybe you constantly have some sort of tendonitis or upper respiratory illness like bronchitis, then I really want you to listen closely to this episode because those could be signs that you're overtraining. Just so we can get clear on the definition of overtraining. Overtraining is basically when you don't adequately recover after a training session, but especially after subsequent sessions, you know, one after the other, like in a week, month, so on and so forth. Now, this can be due to a lack of sleep, a lack of adequate recovery, no or low rest days, and or inadequate nutrition, hydration, and electrolyte intake. Those all can play key factors in overtraining. But overtraining syndrome is what it's called in sports science, and it can present as a variety of symptoms. It can include things such as fatigue, Um, poor performance or decreased performance, maybe even having feeling like you're in a plateau in your performance. You could be experiencing increased injuries or illness, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, You might be experiencing excessive sweating or feeling like you are overheating or not able to cool cool your body well enough, especially now here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're getting into the, the midst of late spring, early summer. And that can be a factor, okay? It could be a little bit more noticeable with the hotter temperatures. You might also experience uh, elevated heart rate, especially when you're at rest or when you're doing more intense sessions, training sessions. You might just feel like you're like you're overexerting yourself in your training sessions, okay? Like, like it's taking, it could be the same exact training session or interval session that you're doing, but you might just feel like, oh my God, this is a really intense Now, of course, keep in mind that one day of feeling like that is fine. I mean, that's generally speaking, that's normal because not every training session is going to feel amazing like rainbows and unicorns, as I like to say. But if consistently, if you're consistently feeling like you're dragging ass or you're having a lot of these symptoms that I'm still going to keep on naming because there are lots of symptoms that go along with overtraining, then if it's consistent, okay, that, that should really be a red flag. All right. Um... So I talked about like, hey, you're feeling like your your rate of perceived exertion is higher than normal in your training sessions. That's a, sim- a symptom. You may even feel um, less excited or enthusiastic about your training. Maybe your legs feel heavy, like I talked about in an earlier episode. And I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes. So check that out if you haven't listened to that. It's a couple episodes ago. 
Um, maybe you even enjoy your workouts less and your training less. So sure, you might not feel excited about it, but maybe you're just not enjoying them. Like you, you kind of feel bored or you, you might also feel like you can't concentrate in life or at work or listening to your partner or, or best friend or kid. Uh, you might feel like your mood is up and down. Your mood's just kind of moody. <laughs> uh, maybe you get angry really quickly or you feel frustrated often. Um, another symptom is sex drive, your libido. Hey, that could be in the dumpster. And maybe you feel low energy all day and you're just kind of dragging. You could also experience digestive issues, any type of GI issues. Uh, you might also have some elevated blood pressure at rest or unexplained weight loss or gain and your complexion. It might also look a little bit different, like a little ruddy, or you might notice a loss of color, kind of like you're sick, or you might be experiencing some hair loss or an increase in acne uh, on your on your complexion, especially if that's abnormal for you. Uh, infertility, that's another, another sign of just overtraining. So all of these things could indicate overtraining, but as you can see, there's a lot to consider. And of course, these things could also mean other things, but these should be red flags that something just isn't right. And if they persist, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that if they, if these symptoms do persist, even after you do treat your overtraining, then please seek your healthcare provider to get some blood work, to check for anemia, uh, do some intake stuff on maybe uh, depression. Uh, asthma might need to be looked at or diabetes or other health conditions. Like these are all things to consider. And I just want to go ahead and, and clarify that. Yeah. While it could be indicative of overtraining, it could be indicative of anemia and things like that. And, you know, especially if you're a menstruating individual, anemia is a very real thing. I know I experience it for a few days every month, just because I do have a heavier than normal uh, flow for a couple of days a month. And yeah, those are the days that I usually do not love to coach people in person because my energy is just low. It's very low. And I, I usually increase my intake of bison uh, and just some red meats and iron containing uh, things because I don't want to supplement with iron because that presents a whole other slew of issues like constipation and stuff. And who wants constipation? No one. No one wants to be holding on to their poop, right? And I apologize if you're listening to this in public on a speaker. Uh, you're always warned that I will freely talk about poop and, and sex and all of that stuff, okay? So another thing to consider too is like anything, overtraining can really be seen as something on a continuum, kind of like a dial up, dial it down. And it could span from maybe one day of really overdoing it and pushing incredibly hard, which yeah, sure, it's technically one day of overtraining, but not really. But it could also span to the opposite end of the spectrum, and that's to, to feeling like you're not recovering adequately for days, weeks, months, I mean, hell, maybe even years. So to help avoid overtraining, there are a few things to consider before you begin any type of workout or training session, whether it's intervals, strength training, whatever it is, even yoga, honestly, because sometimes these yoga flows can be quite demanding. So ask yourself these three questions. Did you sleep well last night? Was your morning resting heart rate regular or was it elevated compared to your average? And have you taken in ample nutrition and fluids today and also yesterday? Because 
even though training might be that day or especially that morning, hey, the way that you're fueling and hydrating the day before is going to be just as important, if not more so, okay? Now, if you've answered or if you've asked yourself those questions and the answer to any and maybe even all of those questions is a no, then it's a good idea to dial things down a bit in the intensity department when it comes to still working out, if you do decide to still work out. But if you're still not sure really what to do, then I want you to ask yourself the following. Are you dealing with any major life stressors? Maybe you moved, maybe you got into a really bad argument with your partner, you're considering separation or divorce, or your kids are sick, parents are sick, you got a new job, you just bought a new car, you just you made a big purchase, you just bought a new bike. Even though those things can be positive, like some of those things can be very positive, they are still a stressor in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so ask, hey, are you dealing with any major stressors? Are you dreading the workout or thinking about skipping it altogether? Do you feel more sore or achy than usual than your baseline? And then last but not least, do you have an, an active injury or illness? And if you answered yes to any of those, then you might want to reconsider your training and honestly, just take a rest day because I think that it's important to give yourself the space and the rest as needed. So if you've determined that you have been overtraining and you're wondering how the hell you recover from overtraining, let me help you. Okay. First and foremost, you're going to have to do some rest and recovery. Maybe you might even have to stop training for an entire week and only walk casually. Like don't, don't just sit on the sofa and eat bonbons, you know, and, and watch Netflix and chill. I mean, that's great. That could be part of recovery and rest, but you know, still do move your body um, because that can just help you feel better. It can help you get outside, get some fresh air, get some sun on your skin, which can help you feel energized and feel like you're recovering. And it can also help with sleep and everything like that because you're getting vitamin D from the sun. You're just getting fresh air. You're getting out of your space at home and it's just good for you mentally. It's very good for you, especially if you do have a tendency to suffer from anxiety and depression and things like that. Okay. Not a doctor. I'm just claiming what research has shown. So maybe you stop training for an entire week and walk, or you could also reduce your training load and volume by usually the suggestion is at least 50%, but maybe even on up to 80%. And that is real because that can really help you lower the volume, lower the intensity and help you just get into the groove of, of wanting to train more. Okay. And, and wanting to enjoy your training even more. All right. Next thing is you can sleep more and deeper if you can. If you're a new parent, do the best that you can. All right. I'm not going to sit here and guilt trip you because you're a parent. I mean, come on, you all are already raising tiny humans. <laughs> so more power to you. But if you're a new parent, I mean, honestly, just do the best that you can in the sleep department. Just try to get as restful sleep as you can. And even if you're not a new parent, let me just shout out to my, my clients and then friends who are parents of kids of any age, because even teenagers, they're still requiring you to pick them up after school and after school, uh, like sports events, you know, that go to like 930, 10 o'clock at night. I mean, and then you're waking up at 430, 530. I, I just don't know how y'all do it. Um, but seriously, do the best that you can considering that you have children or maybe a sick parent that you're, that you're caring for or a sick person that you're caring for in your life, but do in essence, try to aim for about seven to nine hours of sleep. Ideally, that's going to be your baseline. Try to get in that bedtime routine as much as you can without technology for at least 
30 minutes, but preferably closer to 60 minutes without any blue light emitting technology, that would be ideal. That can really help you with in the sleep department and just help you with more deep sleep, which is really fantastic for, for recovering, especially from overtraining. You're going to feel like a whole new person. All right. <laughs> and I'm telling you a digital sunset and I've done, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes before, but a digital sunset could really make or break your sleep routine. I cannot tell you. I've noticed personally, even in this past week, how different my sleep can be day to day because I am increasing my mileage a little bit now that my quad is healed. But holy hell, if I'm on my phone and I'm putting in like a pickup order at a local store for the next day and I'm on my phone till like, you know, 10 p.m. and that's usually the time I try to go to bed. Oh my God, I'm I'm usually waking up at like three in the morning or four in the morning. And then it's hard for me to go back to sleep. You know, it usually takes me like 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. Um, But lately it's just been 30 minutes, but it's enough of a disturbance to impact my own sleep. And I know that this happens to you and to others that I talk to because I hear it from my clients week in and week out that they experience it as well. So please don't negate the the need to to wind down before bed and really dial in that bedtime routine, okay? I I know... I know it's one of those things where you want to stay up late. I mean, trust me, I'm a night owl um, by nature, but I'm also a morning person. So that's not really a great combination, but you kind of have to remember what you feel like when you have adequate sleep and when you have really good sleep versus really shitty sleep. And I think that just reminding yourself of those two extremes is going to be enough motivation for you to really get to bed and and hit the hay (laughs) and not, and not, not scroll don't doom scroll if you can. Um, but yeah, again, aim for seven to nine hours of sleep. That is really going to help turn around that overtraining. And then of course, fueling. I'm not talking about gasoline, but food, fueling more and eating more adequately for your activity level is going to be huge. I will say this is going to be incredibly, it's going to be more important, especially if you are actively trying to lose body fat or have a fear of gaining weight or fat then you might be erring on the side of under eating already. And that can really impact your energy levels. That can impact your ability to sleep soundly. That can impact your sex drive, your performance, your periods. I mean, just everything that can impact your energy levels, your weight loss and weight gain. I mean, do I need to go on? (laughs) It, yeah, there's a balance. Like if you're a cyclist and it is the middle of the bike season, which right now it's springtime, it's June. Yeah. We're starting to ride more. And sometimes you just need to pick a season for fat loss and then pick a season for performance. And I don't really think that bike season is the time to focus on fat loss. I think it's better to focus on performance. That way you're feeling really good on your rides and you're not feeling like shit and like you're dragging. Okay. And you're cursing yourself up the hills. So find that balance for you. But other than fueling and food and just eating adequately for your activity level, hydration is going to be incredibly important as well. And, you know, recent recommendations have actually expanded as of 2022. And the recommendations now are that close to 11 and a half cups of fluids are needed for women and about 15 and a half cups for men. And that equates to about 90, 92 ounces, maybe 93 ounces for women and about 124 ounces or close to a, a gallon for men. And of course, I know that's women and men, but that's just, unfortunately, the study, study uh, parameters for, you know, all of that crap, uh, which is a whole other topic that I'll try not to talk about right now uh, because we need more studies on women. Um, but 
Hopefully that gives you an idea. And then I will go ahead and say that on top of that, after you exercise for more than an hour, you will need an additional 12 to 16 ounces on top of that. And current suggestions even say that you might need 12 to 16 ounces for every 15 minutes of exercise, which I think is a little bit much. So I'm just, I usually just recommend, Hey, as long as you get 12 to 16 ounces on top of that every hour for every hour that you're working out. Great. That's even better. Okay. But remember, I'm hitting the microphone. I'm getting really excited. I talk with my hands, folks. Remember that when you're hydrating adequately, so if you're drinking, you know, close to 90, 120 ounces of water per day, you will want to make sure that you supplement with electrolytes and or eat plenty of food with electrolytes that are naturally in them, such as spinach, kale, green leafy vegetables, avocados, broccoli, potatoes, of course, you know, bananas, kind of the standard thing. Uh, berries like, you know, cherries, strawberries, beans, seafood, dairy products, nuts, and so on. Now, of course, that list is all depending on your, your own personal sensitivity and allergy profile. So please don't drink dairy if you're allergic to it. I mean, come on, have, have some common sense, but you can get electrolytes naturally from food. So make sure that you're eating mostly whole foods, which is why that's usually touted as being superior than eating, you know, things that are a little bit more packaged not to say good versus bad, but they're just going to be, again, there's going to be a continuum for food in terms of healthfulness for you and your goals. So there's that. And then of course you can supplement with an electrolyte, like, like noon tablets, like I've talked about in previous uh, episodes, scratch is another good one. It's boulder based business. Really do, really do like them, but definitely check those out and, and just try to See if you can maybe add a little bit of electrolytes to one of your drinks, uh, add some salt to your food if you if you need to, especially if you're a salty sweater. If you tend to sweat, you know, more white stuff off of your body, um, then that's going to be really huge for you. So these are all things to consider when it comes to recovering from overtraining. Now, overtraining, I will go ahead and say it... The, it's even though it's becoming increasingly common in athletes really at all levels, like from professional to weekend warriors, it's also difficult to diagnose. There isn't really a formal diagnosis. It's, it's going to be one of those conversations you have with your medical care practitioner and your healthcare practitioner rather, and you're exploring things. You're doing some blood work. Maybe if you're due for a physical, especially, um, but you can also do out of, out of physical cycle, uh, testing and things like that blood work. But you know, really, I just want you to be aware of what the potential symptoms are just so you can pause and just reflect on, Hey, maybe I need a deload week, you know, like in the shred strong program right now, because we're in the middle of biking season, everyone is getting a deload week every eight weeks, no matter what. And even with my one-on-one clients right now, everyone is getting a deload week every eight weeks at a minimum. A couple of my clients who are one-on-one and, you know, doing custom stuff for them, I'm having them do a deload or less intensity every four weeks and they are menstruating individuals. So that week is actually the week that they're not, that, that they're not feeling usually the highest energy for them. And for them, they actually match a lot like how I am. And Usually I can feel a drop in energy about one to two days before my projected period starts. So it's actually the same for them. I think one of them usually feels exhaustion actually on the start of their period, but keep in mind, not everyone feels this way. I know Dr. Stacy Sims has done extensive research on this, but more research needs to be done. 
And I really think it's important that while there's research, you cannot neglect how you personally feel around your period. So if you feel stronger after you start your period, which is the case for many women that I work with uh, and other menstruating individuals, then that's, that's you. That's how you feel. That's where you can optimize your training for that, for your cycle. But, you know, there's going to be a couple people that might feel it a couple days before their period. I mean, everyone's different. Okay. So my big thing is just try to pay attention to how you personally feel around that time of the month. You know, if you still have your cycle and yeah, listen to it, but please know that you can have some level of preventative management with, you know, overtraining. And that's why it's incredibly important to have a coach that you trust, or just if you're doing your own programming, great. Make sure that you're doing a deload or reduced, you know, uh, intensity, reduced volume every few weeks. So again, if it's peak season for you and you're already doing a lot of activity, a lot of miles every week, you're going to need a little bit of a deload again, every four to eight weeks at a minimum. Okay. Um, and yes, you will still progress. <laughs> so I promise you, I think we need to let go of this idea that, oh my gosh, we're going to be behind. I'm going to be behind. I'm going to be behind. I'm not going to be where my, my competitors are. Oh my goodness. Just let go, of, let go of that because we're all different. You know, some people work less. Uh, some people might have more intense jobs and they're just not able to, you know, train as intensely and that's fine. And I think it's, I think it's important to recognize that and just be aware of what, you're capable of doing within your own time constraints and energy limits and things like that. Okay. But I will go ahead and say that overtraining syndrome, it's one of those things that it's not necessarily a diagnosis. Okay. It's just something where it's a state and, and it's hard to, to diagnose basically. Um, now keep in mind too, that there is overtraining and then there's also overreaching. And sometimes there can be a little bit of confusion between the two terms, overreaching and overtraining. But I will go ahead and say that overreaching is basically when maybe you're in an, an intense section of your program or any type of sport-specific training that you have, and that's appropriate. Like you're really trying to overreach what you're currently doing in your training and things like that, but you're also still balancing it with rest and recovery. And you're paying attention to your overall intensity and volume and things like that, because overreaching is what's going to help you see an improvement in your overall performance. All right. But there is, there is just this very faint and fine line. If your recovery isn't adequate, then yeah, you can definitely pass into the realm of overtraining. So overreaching is okay because that will help you, especially if you're balancing it with really good recovery and deload weeks and all of this stuff and eating well and fueling and hydrating and all of this stuff, sleeping, doing a a bedtime routine. (laughs) If you're doing all of those things and that's really in line with your overall training and, and recovery, that's going to be great. Keep doing that because that is how you progressively overload your body in order to increase strength and performance. Okay. But once you get into the realm of your sleep is turning to rubbish, your sex drive is in the tank, you're getting some GI upset, you're experiencing recurring injuries or recurring colds. I see that a lot, especially with, uh, again, I'm not going to call anyone out, but especially with friends and, and acquaintances that I have that are former pros and then they 
they get back into the realm of just being a weekend warrior and like an average, you know, average athlete. Uh, of course, they're above average though because of their professional history. They sometimes will experiencing that experience that even more because they're working full time. They have a full time job and now they're balancing that with being an athlete. And it's hard for them to kind of let go of their professional their professional tendencies and their ways as professional athlete. So be mindful of that and know that overreaching. That's a good thing. You do want to overreach a little bit. Maybe have those days where you're training hard, but subsequent days, you really want to be careful with that. You know, especially if you're doing a week long uh, ride or a week long adventure or a multi-day back bike packing trip or something that's going to be a little bit more intense, then you're definitely going to want to take a deload after that adventure and really dial it back. Because again, draining, it's on a continuum overtraining. It's also on a continuum. Just as long as you're aware of all of that, that is what's going to really serve you well. And I'm going to end this episode with a story. Um, I'm going to talk about a client of mine who had a huge freaking breakthrough recently. I'll call her Alex for anonymity. (laughs) You're going to know who you are though, if you're listening and you know, some of this sounds familiar. So love you very much. But she moves. She is incredibly active. She does CrossFit several times a week. She literally walks over 10,000 steps per day, walking her dog and just being active, just being outside. She loves it. She's one of those like movers and shakers, right? She she can't stand still, Uh, sit still, whatever it is. And she eats well along with, she also chose to limit alcohol intake. So she has maybe one day a week where she eats a little bit more flexibly and does enjoy a little bit of alcohol at social events. And, and also this helps her relax her brain about tracking her meals because she she does track macros because it works for her. It doesn't stress her out, but she does have one day a week where it's just a little bit more relaxed and she doesn't track anything. And that's based on my encouragement because I personally find that this is incredibly important to have at least one day a week to prevent any type of obsession over your food and really just to help you relax and practice more mindful and intuitive eating even more. So after she, Alex, focused on performance for a bit, she was trying to trim down just a little bit before a swimsuit clad vacation she was going to have at the beach. And her body just was not budging. And I guided her through a little bit of a food reduction for a few weeks. And I was like, you know what? It's been four weeks. I'm not comfortable reducing you anymore because of your activity level. I mean, literally her activity level is so high and she's legit in terms of her, her, you know, tracking and things like that. It's very second nature of her because she's been doing this for so long. She's been doing this for years, right? I'm like, all right, we got to increase your food. We have to, you know, just for your own sanity, because this is going to, I don't want you to get to the point where your metabolism kind of drops down a little bit more and you're just starting to feel like shit. All right. (laughs) So I guided her through a slight food increase to help increase her overall calories. And also we did this leading up into the vacation, made this suggestion of her reducing her training volume a little bit more and at least her intensity at CrossFit. So maybe cutting it down to instead of like 80, 90% or 100% all out effort and her CrossFit classes, like, Hey, let's cut it back down to like 60 to 75, maybe, maybe 80%, but you know, like have some days there where you're maybe just sitting on the bike too. And you're just kind of chilling or sitting on the rower for 2000 meters, you know, and and you're just kind of chilling and that's going to be your workout for the day. Well, 
not only that, but while she was on vacation, she ended up losing weight and she also felt trimmer the week before vacation and while on vacation because she took the week of vacation off from her usual training. She, she ended up only working out, I think she said like maybe three days that week and at a much lower intensity. And you know what? She felt fucking amazing. She felt less stressed. She, her sleep skyrocketed, which she didn't even really realize that her sleep was poor before because she was sleeping. <laughs> she was sleeping fine, but she must not have been sleeping as soundly. All right. And her sleep improved. I mean, just everything, all of her biofeedback markers that her body was giving her improved exponentially across the board. I mean, exponentially might be overkill saying that if you take that literal, please don't take that word literally. I don't mean exponentially, but it sure as hell felt exponential to her, right? So if you find yourself in a similar situation, it's really worth looking to see if you can reduce your overall training volume. You know, give yourself another rest day or two or maybe even three and just see how that feels. If you do this for a week or two, I'm telling you, I I usually recommend trying it for at least two weeks but this is especially important if you ride a lot during the week. You might need a deload week, again, every four to eight weeks, depending on how active you are. You really need to learn to listen to the signals that your body gives you. Do not ignore them, all right? But that's all I have for you now, friends. I hope that this episode has given you a lot to think about and kind of reflect on. You might even find yourself that you need to rewind and listen to it again because it was chock full of a lot of information and all of it is worth you know, re-examining and kind of reflecting on your own performance and your own training and just seeing what you can maybe do differently. I'm telling you, rest days, rest days might just be where you need to go, all right? Now, it's all I have, but I will say my signature year-round strength and conditioning program, aka Shred Strong, it started the next phase. We started the next phase on Monday, June 13th, which is, I believe, the day that this episode will be published. It is going to be too late for you to join by the time that this episode releases. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter to get all of the reminders for the next phase, which is actually going to be the the main phase that I'm really going to push. And that's going to be in about three months, end of September or so. And that's going to be my biggest launch of the year. And that's because that's when we gear up for the fall and winter training to really help you prepare, get feel prepared for the next season in 2023, which is so hard to say. Uh, But definitely use the link in the show notes to join my email list. Thank you again for listening to this episode, friends. I really hope that you have an absolutely beautiful day and you enjoy some downtime, hopefully, along with some really solid rest days. (laughs) Bye, friends. 